0: Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Leon. What are you eating?
1: A marshmallow. Oish. A giant marshmallow. Giant
0: marshmallow.
1: Leon has giant
0: marshmallows.
1: They're amazing. Are they giant? No, they're mega. The box says mega. Oh,
0: yeah, mega. Mm. They are pretty mega. I sound
1: like a very American word, Mega
0: yeah I think they are American like
1: Megatron well we were the only ones who would come with I thought they
0: America. were just like a normal size when I bought them mm. and then they turned up and I bought two packets of them
1: Could you imagine eating hot
0: chocolate don't eat okay after the podcast finished mm. guys <laughs> get some get some marshmallows join in with us after you finish listening to the podcast put some put some hot chocolate on mm. put a mega you know, wait no they
1: shouldn't do it now no don't do it now out.
0: don't do it now keep listening mm. Andre,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In a sound and a movement.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, with some marshmallow still in your mouth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> how hmm How you feeling today?
1: Um yum yum <laughs> Somebody really hates me out there, so <laughs> those people who just get like cringes when they hear people eat.
0: Yeah, my friend Dave. Mm.
1: Mm. Sorry, Dave.
0: <laughs> and also my cousin Nikki.
1: Sorry my cousin Nikki,
0: Nikki doesn't like good, Well, she loves going to the cinema, but she... Well, she likes watching movies.
2: Yeah.
0: Hates going to the cinema because people eat popcorn. She once accused me of having thin cheeks. And as you can see from my face, not a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm also like... I, I don't know what to feel. I don't know if... That, well, nobody would ever say that I had thin cheeks, but...
2: Yes, <laughs> they <You're saying>, would.
0: Skies <laughs> Guys... <laughs> right in you know the PO box right in
1: <laughs> I don't think they, But when I was little people used to like squeeze them I used to chubby cheeks yeah I used to have really chubby cheeks and I think I just subconsciously have taken that and I put that apart as part of my identity now but I don't know if that's a bad thing to have thin cheeks but I don't, it's not a bad thing to have chubby cheeks your cheeks are your cheeks, be your cheeks and-
0: but my cousin was always like well I can hear you chew everything you chew through your cheek you huh? must have thin cheeks I'm like,
1: <laughs> oh see when you put the context on it it makes a lot of sense then
0: Maybe my just head is very good at conducting sound.
1: My dad cheese with his back molars and you can hear them like clamping against each other when it, oh it's it's freaky.
0: So it's like clack 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 It
1: no it's just like, But you can hear because 'cause he's got I've i wow. yeah. Yeah. We're freaking people out. <laughs> you know those podcasts? You know, they're they're like podcasts and YouTube channels just for people who eat like people just ASMR eat. like yeah that's that what's that what it's called I think you so. just like eat like pickles and stuff into microphones yeah
0: and people and then, then people get really close to the microphone and they do that sort of thing as well and it makes their hairs on the back of your neck stand up I don't like it do you not know no Apparently, some people don't feel it
1: what the hairs on the back of my neck
0: yeah they don't get that response
1: I don't get that I, you have to physically be like behind <laughs> me I
0: got it already <laughs>
1: You have to physically be behind me in order for me to feel it. Or, like, anywhere near my ear. No, we're getting to weird and dangerous territories.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And a movement and a sound. How are you feeling?
0: I like that. I think it's the sugar.
1: <laughs> he had, like, how many of you? You've had, like, five. I
0: had, okay, five, yeah. Yeah. No, I had one, two.
1: I, only, I had two, and I was I buzzed I off the first one. No, I had five, one. I had five. I was buzzed off the first one, and now I've got the second one, who knows what this might be They're
0: insane. Like. They actually are insane. Plus I think but there's, there a, is big... there's a vanilla
1: coating on the front, on like, on, like a sugar coating before you get to the marshmallow. Mm, they're good, aren't they? Yeah. It's
0: genius. Guys, write in. I'll send you one in the post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not going to send you one in the post, but it'll be interesting to see if anyone tweets in. Josh Matheson, if you don't tweet in, I'm going to be really disappointed. And the same thing with Emily Moore. Um, so what we're we talking about today.
1: We are talking about um, coaching and teaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So voice coaching and voice teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I add is what is the difference?
0: See, this is really interesting because I've had this See conversation with boy. lots of... I know. <laughs> I've had this conversation with lots of coaches mm-hmm. because they really view what they do differently to what teachers do. Yeah. And yet the best teaching actually fits a coaching kind of context, paradigm
2: Mm
0: -hmm. so coaches talk about them not having to follow a curriculum and it's responsive to the needs of the individual Mm -hmm. whereas teaching follows the needs of a curriculum Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or a syllabus or whatever Mm -hmm. and to some extent it kind of changes according to the needs of the individual Mm -hmm. but it's more about getting everybody to a certain point or that person to a certain point whereas coaching is about finding out a way to get them there for them
1: i was so it's bespoke does that make sense (laughs) i was waiting for you to say is about taking an individual to a
0: certain
1: point i was like he's gonna say the same thing Um, it kind of
0: is the same thing
1: i think you can i think within teaching you can coach and I think within coaching are teachable moments. I'm all about teachable moments, um, mm. because if you think if I if you took that if you took if you stripped like teaching down to its basic kind of fundamentals, right? It's it's basically just um, giving people the tools to learn a new um, skill.
2: Yeah.
1: Which is a lot of times what coaching is except they might not be learning that skill as like a first time thing. It might not be the first time that they're doing it. It mm-hmm. might be coming back to it for long, from having been away from it for a long period of time, or they might have just done it and they need to work with it in a different new kind of a way. Mm. So I think the difference a lot, like in a kind of conventional way of speaking is that coaches are doing something, but they tend to have people who are not starting brand new yeah. and right off. I mean, there are people who who do that, but nine times out of 10, you're working with somebody who's had some kind of experience with that on some level before. So
0: is it like, so is it like you're adjusting, you're adjusting the behaviors that have already been learned for a given task?
1: Oh my God, we get so behaviorless. Just yeah. <laughs> We're like, wait, let me put my psychology hat on. Um,
0: Versus mm-hmm. teaching somebody the sort of building blocks of how to achieve something.
1: Yes. And I think, and I think within teaching, it is about the process, right? So it is about teaching students how to break things down so that they can recreate it themselves. Uh, yeah. Whereas I don't think you have to do that in coaching. Because I think in coaching, it's just kind of like, here's what you need to do. Here's the point that we need to get to. Do they need to know how they got there? Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes people like it. Um, sometimes transparency is, is really good for working with somebody, but there are some people who are like, nah, I don't really care. <laughs> like I just yeah. want to get to that. Some point. people
0: don't care why it works. They just they just want to know it. that it does and just do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: where they don't think that would mm. go over very well in teaching. In fact, I don't like when students do that in teaching. I want them to. Know, <laughs> they need to be curious about everything. I mean, That's interesting. So it. it's
0: actually more of like a holistic thing. Like teaching is more about the for you in this in this instance yeah is more about a kind of wider context mm-hmm. whereas coaching is is more focused it's more sort of like narrow
1: yeah and i think it's only because i've only coached like accents i've coached I coached a tiny bit of voice But I've only really coached accent Whereas mm. I've taught like English I've taught voice I've taught sure. ling- So I've taught it And I've taught in more holistic um, Spaces and environments And mm. I've only coached really in one environment
2: Except mm. in
1: like my soccer league <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't really coach for that long I wasn't there that often
0: Yeah I like that Mm. I'm trying to think of like how much I've so the vast majority of the teaching that I've done has kind of more been within a coaching context Mm -hmm. because it's been in higher education or it's been in vocational settings so it's never been kind of like there's always been um, a broad range of Approaches that I've given people in order to be able to achieve a certain thing.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So it's not like, this is our starting point and this is our end point, you can only get there this way. I'm kind of like, well, differentiate, let's work out how you need to work, or let's work out how... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, there's, there's it's a more responsive way of working. I've always kind of worked in that way. Versus actually kind of teaching in order to follow a curriculum. I find, yeah. I find that kind of limiting, which is weird because it's con- sort of the opposite, which is so unusual for us to have the opposite opinion on something. <laughs> but but that I kind of feel like coaching's kind of more holistic. Yeah. And, and, and a, in a sense, because it's like there's more, there's a wider variety of contexts that I can draw on. Yeah. Whereas a curriculum, I feel like I'm just like on some tracks. Not a curriculum, but like a specific teaching thing. I'm like just kind of
1: I just really like that you that you do the sound for the train tracks <laughs> <I talk> about <laughs> the
0: sound? you're an um, auditory learner we talked about this already tonight
1: yes I am an auditor. I am I am an auditory learner I think yes but I think when I think about it um, I'm using the word think a lot was that when I you thought about that. it just I did.
0: <laughs> the little, hmm.
1: I just had a meta moment I was like I'm using the word think Stop using the word think and then I said thought anyway um,
0: <laughs> it's not marshmallows. Stop, th- stop talking about thinking about thinking.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, just be, just be present. Um, but <laughs> stop thinking and be. Um, when when I when I coat something, it's in it's well, it's for a performance normally. Right. And when I'm thinking about like, I think by the time you get to me, normally because I'm. I've, uh, most of the things that I've been coaching on I'm not brought in like in in the beginning like I'm not <laughs> you know like in and an most... ideal world where somebody
0: budgeted for a voice coach yeah. one time yeah no
1: sure. I'm normally like it's Hello, normally larynx. like oh no this person's about to lose their voice could you help <laughs> <laughs> you're like sure yeah sure um, to I'll wave this magic wand
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> larynx be fixed Um, but <laughs> but I did, but, so you don't have a lot of time but th- by the time you get to that point they like you're not helping them discover a character you're not helping them you know what i mean you're not helping them kind of find the sophistication in it yeah. you're literally just, just kind of fixing that you're, thing yeah you're just there for that specific thing um whereas t- in my experience of teaching a lot of times i'm helping connect the dots of certain things mm. so i'm helping you realize that what you do in your voice class does impact what you do in your acting class impacts what you do with your movement class because it's 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 all about become um becoming an actor and becoming that person mm. or and, and transformation and things like that, and how do we get to do that and the vocal um responsibility in that sense um, and you have to kind of lead students into that, whereas that's not my responsibility as a coach.
0: Mm.
1: like at all. I, I have like this
0: it. thing with private coaching
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah or
0: like private practice with seeing clients on a private basis where I have to quite explicitly ask people, Mm -hmm. do you want me to teach you or do you want me to coach you?
1: Yeah.
0: And then I have to kind of explain the difference. Yeah. So some people come for coaching and then they change their mind. Mm -hmm. So they actually want teaching. Yeah. So rather than, so the vast majority of my singers, Come to me shortly before an audition.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Usually because they've just found out that they've got an audition, <laughs> <laughs> and they need a thirty-two-bar cut of something that's not from the musical. Mm. And so then we work to be able to sort of accommodate that and what have you. So, and then I coach them how to fix the areas of the song that they're having the most difficulty with, or whatever, or any difficulty with,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and do a few run-throughs and what have you so that's kind of fine but that's very much sort of just quick fits coaching there's mm. no time to teach somebody something about that You can, I can maybe teach them one little moment of in within the coaching of how to make that particular section work better mm. but I'm not teaching them there's no kind of like getting them from comfortably from one point to another it's kind of getting them reactively from one point to another Right. and then some people come wanting that initially and then they come back a couple of weeks later and say actually I really need to just see you regularly for a few months just to, to really make sure that this thing that that reaction thing doesn't happen again Right. so that I can really manage it I know what to do
2: Yeah. I
0: might not know what to do every time so I'll still come and see you to be able to coach me on that specific piece of repertoire mm-hmm. but it's that moment that I don't want to repeat
2: yeah
0: and then and then I go right back to mm-hmm. kind of like okay here are the building blocks of how to put this thing together mm-hmm. these are the reasons why it works this is kind of our current understanding of it and then if you do this this and this it then plugs into what we've already just done and they go oh, okay so it seems it feels to me like okay as you've said already but like add more context mm-hmm. to that particular moment that they didn't want initially because they just wanted to be able to go i just want to know one cue to make that work yeah then i can be in the audition give myself the cue do it and then if i get the part i'll come back and work on it or i didn't get the part but i want to come back and work on it so that next time i don't have that problem
2: yeah
0: and it's kind of it's really interesting that people kind of don't appreciate what the difference is even though that's what they're coming to do
2: yeah
1: well, I don't know if they know.
0: <laughs> no, that's yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And I think there's because I I have a similar thing with accent, where it's like someone will get something and be like okay, I need I need to read for this by tonight. Like I need to put myself on tape for this in an accent. And normally I do that same thing, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. You're
0: listen to yeah, our previous
1: okay. episode. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then you kind of you give the fast acting thing. Do you to make this sound? do this blah 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 blah. whereas like if you come to me for longer periods of time it's not necessarily that you need to make this sound but we go what is the difference between the sound that you're currently making and the sound that you need to make and how do we get there so that the next time you have to do it you can listen to yourself and be like oh this is where i'm starting from i know this because you know my coat said this this and this this is how I get to it because I've written it down. You should always write things down or have them in a voice memo. That's another mm-hmm. episode. Um, still telling my students that. Um, and, you know, and I can refer to it later. Uh, and, then, and then that's how I do it. But I think, yeah, I think, I don't know if people know the difference between that. Because like, I think as voice coaches and voice teachers, I think we know the difference because we're doing something very different. That's
2: true.
1: Um, but they see it as receiving information.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then there's this issue of autonomy which I feel like comes up quite a bit in the voice world right because I think ideally you would want your students to be autonomous so that they can start making safe and creative vocal choices um, or accent choices or whatever it is that you're teaching Um, but then when you're working through a progression of work you can only be autonomous at a certain point Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's the blind leaving the blind Like you, I've had classes where it's like Okay, we're going to split up into different groups um, And I'm just going to give you this idea And we're going to work with this idea And all of a sudden all hell breaks loose Because they go I don't know what I'm doing But I'm just going to coach you on this And then they, they become these weird um, <laughs> I don't want to say uneducated But they're not educated in what they're supposed to be doing So um, a Slightly not sophisticated teachers trying to replicate work that they they don't really understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that case, they don't have autonomy of the work yet, but they're working to get there. Um, And you can see there clearly students who are like, I don't want that. I I still want you to be my teacher. I want Mm -hmm. you to lead me through everything. And I want you to tell me when I'm doing things right and when I'm doing things wrong. Um, And I do think that a coach does that. I think a coach... um, if you have the the budget and if you are invited to rehearsal. (laughs) Um, I think a coach's job is to to stand up and say, that's not the right vowel. That's the wrong vowel. You need to do this vowel. Or that's not the right intonation. Mm. It needs to be this intonation. Mm. Um, Whereas a teacher is not necessarily going to go, that's wrong. They might go, oh, wait, think about that. Because it's then your responsibility to go, oh, it's not right. And then if you need help I can tell you why it's not right.
0: That's really interesting as well. So whether the teacher takes responsibility well, the teacher doesn't take responsibility, the teacher pushes the responsibility of the learning outcomes back onto the student. Yeah. Whereas the coach takes responsibility for the thing that's gone wrong in the room and calls it and makes it change.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That's an interesting definition.
1: Yeah. I just made it up because I I don't think I I started with that. (laughs) I think I started with something completely different. Cause that's what I feel. I feel as though when I'm in a rehearsal space, I'm and I, and I'm coaching um, the accent particularly. I'm I was the one put in charge of the accent, so if something goes wrong, that's me. Yeah. Right. Um, and nobody else is. Nobody else is looking out for that. It's it's just kind of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in that case, that is my responsibility. Where if I'm if I'm if I'm doing if I'm in a room. Um, and I'm teaching, say, an accent, and we're going through it, and I'm listening, and they're listening. I don't always go. I, I I don't always take responsibility for it because it's a learning environment, and so I'm teaching them how to listen, and I'm teaching them how to.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm essentially teaching them how to coach as well because I'm teaching them how to give feedback if that's ne- if that's needed in that moment. To go. Oh well, maybe it's not. Maybe. Maybe your sound is a tiny bit off. And then if it is, if they've identified it correctly, then I will give the exercise that they need to do to fix it.
0: Yeah, that's always an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I find that lots of people, when they are invited to coach somebody else, but they don't know... So, like, if somebody's, like, a native speaker of a particular accent... Right. And then somebody else is trying to do that accent and they demonstrate mm-hmm. and they go, this is the sound. They demonstrate the sound and mm-hmm. then somebody does the sound, but it's slightly off. Mm-hmm. Then they often won't break that down. Right. And then isolate the vowel sound. What they'll do is.
1: They'll put it in a different word a lot
2: of times. Or work it. But
0: then but sometimes they put it in a different word because it'll be a sound that might be in orthography written as an A. Right. And then yeah. they'll be like, um, You know bath and you're going okay bath yeah like bat you're like no 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 (laughs) it's a completely different vowel sound like no because it's written with an a you're like oh oh my god remember that first class where we talked about ipa and vowel sounds and they're like uh what
1: all my first
0: years this. so like there's that that happens but then there's also things that happen where people then rather than it being like bat no let's see let's say bag Mm -hmm. and bag
1: right
0: right so like a midlands would say a bag
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i'd say bag so it's mm-hmm. like a slightly longer vowel sound and then what would happen is is like this student listening to it would hear that something was not quite right mm-hmm. but then they'd be like no it's bag and you're like hold on a second mm. you just made more of the b like it's really odd and then it's bag mm. you
2: know like, well, it's
0: not bag is it so they like they then put the emphasis on on weird parts of the ver- weird parts of the word mm-hmm. that don't necessarily make any sense or, or actually move the person who's not making that sound on. So mm-hmm. what they do is they end up doing that sort of very British thing and just sort of shouting at things
1: <laughs> until they think it's correct. Yeah, yes. and then they
0: go, yeah, now you've got it. And you're yeah. like, what? That? Or
1: what changed? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tend to give them if if I'm doing accent with them, I tend to give them a very specific things. So I say, you're in terms of e sound. That's all you're listening for is E sounds oh, nice. and where the E sounds come from. And you might be charged charge of butt and cut sounds. So you're just doing butt and cut sounds so that when the person is getting feedback and I'll do the overall of everything and bring everything together and then we'll do the exercises together. But if we're so that if we're if if they are giving feedback, it is just about the eh sound.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so even if it's something that is not very helpful <laughs> which happens quite a lot where it's like oh I feel like your tongue is just really I don't know twisted um and you just go what? <laughs> because because it, if it's something odd the, the class will help and they'll be like oh n- that doesn't make any sense because I, I tend I was like well twist your tongue how does that help with your uh, sound? Yeah. but that way if they're feeding in um it's very specific and then i can easily go that's not helpful
0: <laughs> yeah
1: or that's not so i hear what you're hearing but help but this how can you person, explain it in a better way yes help this person get what you're saying mm. is it a physical thing that they have to do is it it's, is it a thing is it is it something with the mus- muscle in the tongue is it something about placement but i only do that for teaching like that. That's a very teaching thing to do mm-hmm. because I'm teaching them a how they learn and how they break down sounds um, and how they negotiate those things with other people, how they communicate with other people, which tends to be at some level not very great. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in my class. <laughs> but they, so they're learning that they're like, oh, well, that's not very helpful, and I shouldn't really be saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they're also um, they're learning about the key the key things they're learning oh so that sound I was listening for that S sound is really really important because when they mess it up there the whole accent shifted mm. but I would never do that for coaching that takes, wait, takes up way too much time yeah, but, <laughs> but B yeah. that's not that's not a um, that's not the performance responsibility that's my responsibility to get them to say that S sound
0: and yet if somebody hasn't been through that process where they've been encouraged to listen right and repeat and not just listen to it in themselves but listen to it in others right like, I think often what's happening con- uh, Contemporarily Is that Actors think that when we Training actors Think that when we as voice teachers mm-hmm. Are asking them to observe something And are then Inviting them to comment on it mm-hmm. That that is because We want them to comment mm-hmm. And actually we don't really want them to comment What we really want them to do is observe yeah. and, and Articulate Mm. that that is a thing so if the F vowel is a little bit off well when you do an F vowel mm. is it a little bit off mm. or is it right mm. and so when you do it yourself can you identify those particular facets of the uh, of the of the accent are you listening for a vowel sound or do you get mixed up with what a vowel sound and prosody is mm. do you get mixed up between what a vowel sound and prosody and a consonant is mm-hmm. um and is it to do with the the speed or the um strength of the release or is it you know is it to do with the proximity of the articulators and therefore the sort of brightness or darkness of the
2: Mm. of the
0: fricative or do you know what I mean it's like so what lots of people kind of don't then haven't, haven't been through that process of being taught how to listen right and so therefore they find it extremely difficult to be able to reproduce right and then it makes it much more difficult to coach them, yeah, because they have no context for being able to change something, having heard something mm. so making the the auditory and kinesthetic mm-hmm. sort of a two way street
1: right yeah yeah, and and that is that is difficult, that is very difficult, I think, and it's something that takes quite a long time to develop and it's constantly developing i mean i know there are certain things that i listen to um that i only i'm only because there are different levels of listening right because we Mm -hmm. can listen for the articulators and we can listen for the vowels and the consonants and then we can listen for the words and the meaning of the words we can listen for the prosody of the whole thing we can listen for the intonation of it um and there are lots of different ways of listening and i think if you don't know what your go-to thing is, because I know, I know people in my life, and I know students that I have who are just in love with intonation, and they'll be like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And it's like, no, but that's not a, that's not a vowel thing. That's because you don't like when things drop at the end of, <laughs> of a sentence. I think that's completely different. Um, but if you don't know that, then you're not particularly aware of, possibly, when you go and perform, that your default is to... Is to possibly rise at the end of a sentence because mm. you like upwards mm. intonation, um, and if you're not aware of that, when I when I come to you and I say try try doing this, um, then that might take you back a little bit. So it yeah. could be it could it's 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 all about knowing yourself and But way. also, <laughs>
0: often people, um, students, more than anyone, I think. Well, not always, but students often don't know that that there are so many facets. Oh yeah, and so. They kind of go, oh yeah, I can do an accent, and you're like, well, you can do one, mm. but but there are like a plethora of accents, mm. and, and
1: can you do it well?
0: Can, and also, <laughs> can you do that one well? Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I can do an American accent. You're like, Ugh. firstly, which one, and secondly, <laughs> what? Um, and can you do it for more than just your favourite quote from Friends? Yeah, like it's you know that sort of thing where you think, not going how you're doing is not yeah. doing a, a, a kind of you know. Italian American Brooklyn accent it's not. Can I mean, you
1: sustain it? Like, can you
0: sustain it to yeah. the end of a sentence, let yeah. alone <laughs> to the end of a role, like to the end of a play? So, you know, but mm. it's it. What what I find fascinating is is the the the, the sort of the, you're right the levels of listening mm. and being able to not just identify which things those are, but then identify how to kind of. Tweak them,
2: mm.
0: and I think in the early stages of learning something, we all kind of like our knowledge goes from absolutely zero to like through the roof, and we think, "Oh yeah, I get this now. I mm. really understand it. It's awesome. I'm brilliant at it." Mm. And then it's sort of, as you keep going along, you think, "Oh, actually, I'm not. I think there might be more to this than I first <laughs> thought." And so your confidence sort of drops in it, yeah. and so there is this sort of upswing that happens after that where you think, "Yeah." Fairly confident with it. I know I don't know everything about it, but I know enough yeah. to be able to get through. Um, and then you can begin to sort of hone your skills thereafter. But I think you always stay in that kind of, yeah, I'm alright, but like, I'm not, you know, not an expert, even right. though you're pre expert in it by that stage. Yeah. So it's kind of, there's, there's a kind of interesting thing about teaching people to listen, as you've said, and also being able to listen ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that is exhausting.
0: It really <laughs> so see, is. And, and, you You're know, right.
1: and, th- and that has nothing to do with We work like, so hard. We're <laughs> great people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it has
1: nothing to do with like coaching or teaching because I think both are ex- uh, exhausting in yeah. their own kind of rights. But I was thinking about, you know, the amount of listening that you have to do as a voice coach is just like that.
0: But I've often had this conversation with students and said to them, you know, when assessing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I have to listen for prosodic issues for vowel and consonant issues in in terms of clarity of articulation and diction. I have to listen for the use of language Mm -hmm. so whether you're using the keywords and operative language, whether you're acting and using those metaphors and similes and you know, imagistic adjectival parts of the sentences. Like are you actually communicating what the text is about and what the subtext is about Mm -hmm. and also inhabiting an imaginary world and all the, I'm like thinking and watching and doing and assessing all of those things mm. so even though you might sort of roll your eyes as one person after the next gets up mm. to do their two and a half minutes of a speech mm. every two and a half minutes I'm listening for at least a dozen things
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then having to write some kind of salient comment about it So that you've got something to to improve upon next time, and then they're like, I don't know, but I really don't understand this. Well, no, you don't understand that because I haven't fully explained it because I didn't have time Mm -hmm. in the two and a half minutes that where you rushed through your speech Mm -hmm. that should have taken three minutes or Mm -hmm. you know. So it's, I think it's really, it's one of, it's, it's, it's a choice whether you're going to coach someone or teach someone, Mm. and I think it's also whether you're being asked to do that or not and whether the responsibility is yours or the students Mm -hmm. and yeah I think there's like there are so many different ways of approaching the coaching Mm -hmm. because you can approach it well you can approach it broadly kinesthetically or auditorily or visually but you can also approach it within those three things in a number of different ways mm-hmm. and then also within teaching you can approach it for I mean, <laughs> I mean I don't necessarily want to discuss learning theory but you know like <laughs> there is like a plethora of learning <laughs> know, theory that you can have, yeah I mean Vygotsky <laughs> is my man do love a bit of Vygotsky don't like behaviouralism but <laughs> you know like you can approach things in so many different ways mm-hmm. and you can work with people in a way that might suit them or not suit them or be really quick and might really not but it's but it's kind of it's it, sometimes people don't know that they want to be coached and they don't know that they want to be taught mm. and sometimes we don't know if they want to be coached or they want to be taught yeah. and sometimes even in a moment where you think you should be teaching you are coaching right. and in a moment where you're coaching you're actually teaching Yeah. So there's this really sort of grey area between them where there's a lot of overlap.
1: Yeah, I think I coach in almost all of my classes at some point in time. Mm. I don't um I don't necessarily teach in all my coaching sessions, but I definitely coach at some point in all of my teaching sessions. Um
0: I mean I feel like that's what you've learned this this episode. That
1: is. That is. It was basically it. it was. I'm just gonna leave it like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to
0: mess
1: it no. up. Leon, what have you discovered? Doing lots of hand gestures. Doing lots of hand gestures.
0: You touched your I face a lot this episode.
1: I did. I don't know what is happening. I don't
0: know either. I was worried about you You know what you I think point. is the
1: marshmallows, actually?
0: Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I feel like doing an episode really high on sugar. Not a great look.
2: Um, I'm conscious of touching my face.
0: But also I think that like the The difference between coaching and teaching is kind of there is a grey area in between but actually teaching is very quite quite well defined and coaching is quite well defined mm-hmm. and if you know which one you're doing and you don't sort of try and and that as the coach, you are responsive mm-hmm. to whether or not somebody wants to be coached or taught in that moment that then you can do the most appropriate thing for that person Right. rather than kind of going, no, I'm sorry, this is a class and you're going to have to be taught mm. rather than being like, actually, this is a moment where I need to just shift you quickly so you can feel it and then we can circle back and I can teach you what that means.
1: Yeah.
0: So sometimes it is about of combining those things and doing the most appropriate thing in that moment mm-hmm. for that person
1: yeah 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 i think it is i think it is quite a a gray area i like the way you said that and i'm also like we don't have time for this <laughs> i know i do this quite a lot because i i'm thinking the difference between like when we when we talk about like sports coaching Um, Oh yeah, because that's also another definition of coaching, and I wonder how. Because when I think about you know you have a coach on a professional athletic team, Mm -hmm. that to me is somebody who's a professional athlete being coached by someone. You know what I mean?
0: So much to say about that.
1: Okay, that's. I think that. I think that's too. Next episode. That's (laughs) next episode. We'll do part two.
0: See you later if you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast you can reach us on twitter at can you hear pod
1: or on instagram at can you hear me podcast
0: or you can search for us on facebook and on youtube
1: or email us at can you hear me at the back at com.
0: you can find me leon on twitter at leon Trayman.
1: or me andrea at andrea fudge on twitter
0: Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site.
1: The link is in the show notes.
0: To keep the podcast advertisement free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you,
2: bye!